Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. And, and like, that's kind of the point, you know, getting together to do that kind of stuff. And um, Do you think some of be, that is maybe also a way to kind of remind yourself that that, wrong, that that rambunctious person that got sent to the boarding school amidst all of life's new responsibilities and stuff like that, that guy is still in there? No, it's unavoidable. <laughs> it's totally unavoidable. You can't. You can't stop it. I can't stop it. It's useless to try. If I'm happy, I'm doing something like that. Gotcha. That's just how. That's just, I'm truly annoying, you know, in that way. If you're close to me, you'll know, you know what I mean. But like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a part of how I do things and uh, entertain myself and others, I guess. Just, just how it goes. Can can you talk about recording in this defiance? Because that record, I remember when I first heard that record, similar to when I had um, the uh, one one truth record, but the experience was different because I was like, "Wow, this is bigger. It sounds bigger than like almost anything I had heard, not just from you guys, but just like from a hardcore band." And I know that you guys were on Victory, and I know that things were bigger at that time, and it it was a different time, but, like, was that the idea going into that record, like, hey, let's, let's just throw it all into this record, or, I mean, what was the idea? I think that Victory wanted, you know, to make sure it checked off all these boxes, and, like, so, okay, you guys are doing a record, for it to even count as a record, it needs to be, you know, this much material and um and that's why there's so much weird noise on that record you know what i mean it was kind of as i recall kind of like overkill of victories saying like you know the album needs to have be longer like here are the songs and it was like someone at victory like had a stopwatch and they were like you guys came in you know you know 45 seconds under so it's not going to count as an album we're like oh yeah <laughs> you know like oh. Well, but so none of that had to do with the, like, because I thought some of the sounds you're talking about were actually, like, you guys were, like, like inspired. Because remember International Noise Conspiracy? No, no, not them. Refused. Refused put out that record that was kind of, like, had, like, some, like, it was just, it had different sounds and doing different things. Was any of that, or or was or was it no, more? I don't think we. I don't think there was any inspiration from anything to do that beyond gotcha. us wanting to have something kind of build up, you know, as like an intro, maybe an outro, 
may you know so their idea was there and i i can't say that you know, anytime anybody said like oh like that like that's there's all kinds of random shit us screaming and banging on things and like that was just i, I think very natural for us to like make that into whatever it ended up being mm-hmm. but but um yeah that that was um you know, I remember something that I regretted when things that people were like CD players on shuffle was like, oh, it would grab one of those tracks. And it was like, oh, crap, that was a mistake. You know, like I felt like, oh, that was that that this is a bad experience. Like if you're not standing by ready to skip to the next song, you know, I, I don't you don't want your friends that bought it to put it in their cd thing and have a shuffle around it every time it goes on your music it's always that thing you know so i thought oh crap Uh, you know so i remember kind of regretting that it was so so much of it but um i guess it's a part of the record you know um yeah and it wasn't i don't think you know there was too much consciousness as far as like what we need to do it was like we're this another really expensive more expensive place then the last time, like, let's get through it. We didn't know how to, you know, um, map out the drums or anything. So we ran through them in the studio. Okay. You know, and let's just start recording. And so as I remember, like the band would, would run through it. And then, um, and then I actually would play the song. So I played all the songs first with Sid. You know, a great drummer, great, great drummer. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, drummer. It definitely has his own. Oh yeah. Energy. You know, he had to bring an energy to it and flat lays all his drums. Recently. flat. Yeah. He evolved to get, you know, what he wanted to get out of it. And, and, um, <clears throat> he didn't care, which was awesome. And so like, you know, a great example of who we were. He was just going to do things the way that he wanted. He definitely had inspiration for why he did some things. And, but, um, but there's nobody that does what he does the way he does it. That's for sure. Um, and so we ran through and I remember, I think the album sounds different because I recorded all the guitar tracks. We got the drums recorded and I just would play the track first. And so it has like a, like a rigidity, I would say that like, it's more my playing style. So that album sounds different. Uh, but I, I remember doing that and then having, you know, Bob, uh, Dave, the, uh, the guy that engineered it, recorded it. Um, we did the first song and I, I was so proud. I remember feeling so proud of his reaction. I played through the song, recording to tape, you know, he, he was, we got through it and he was like, so pumped, like, okay, we're going to, we're doing this. It's on its way. Like it's going to be, he knew, I think at that point he knew what to expect for the rest of the thing. And I think he was happy about it. And so I, I was really happy with myself just, you know, having been put in a really important role of like, okay, like let's get this, capture it and get it right. Delivering. And, and, um, and we spent a lot of time there though. You know, so that was so it took longer. So you had a you you had more time on 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 in this defiance than one truth. Uh, Yeah, I would say so. I mean, one truth was like it was happening all night long. Like we weren't getting there till late. We were like leaving the studio to drive home. The sun was up. Okay, 
And that's when we were going home for one true. It was like all weird hours. And so like the sensory of that whole experience was like, this took forever because of that. Um, And you were in a dungeon too. It was like, you know, no windows, no light in in the one truth recording. Whereas um, Sound City was where we recorded in this defiance. Totally different environment. You know, perfectly was there, suited for us, I would say. Was there for you, like, are there technical things for you about the guitar or, like, sounds, like, that are must-haves for you? Or are you, like, I remember, um, and this is actually in the movie, when I interviewed Vic from Inside Out uh, about 108, and I remember him saying, like, and this, and this surprised me, he said... I was never one of those people that cared about the humbucker and the and 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 the pickups and he's I just wanted to play the damn instrument. Are you one of those guys or do you go more technical? Yeah, yeah I didn't know anything. I didn't know I had a lame guitar when I started. Other people told me that. You know, I didn't <laughs> know that. I didn't know I had the wrong stuff or I need like, you know, I you need to go get this other amp. You know what I mean? Like you have to do that. And so I phased, you know, like I, where I thought I needed all this stuff. Like we had an opportunity to get a endorsement deal with Mesa Boogie Amps and we got them built inside of road cases so that they could get in and out and we could just take them wherever. And they were heavy and problematic. I didn't know how to work this damn thing and nobody showed me and there wasn't a video for me to watch. You know what I mean? Like you didn't know what you were doing and I had no clue. And so, I was frustrated by that next step of like, you know, instrument or whatever I needed to have. It, it was always frustrating. I went the first European Sepultura tour or uh, Sick of It All tour had a Fender Stratocaster with a bridge, a suspension bridge. I don't know if you know what that means, but like, and it was like just a bitch, just a mess with it. And it was like, oh, this is a nice, get a really nice guitar, but. It's not for me. It needs to be kind of indestructible, to be honest with you. And um, and I was able to find some of those and still have, you know, those ESP guitars that I, that I, you know, we first got in, I want to say, 95 or 6, like right before that In This Defiance recording. And we were able to use one of those, you know, on the recording too. So, um, yeah, simple, you know, simple, you know, um, and... At times when I felt like I don't have the right thing, um, I've heard the recordings and I go, that's fine, you know, like, and, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, that sounds, that doesn't sound like really distorted, heavy. um, Was Andrew a big help with that, like, in terms of figuring that kind of stuff out, or was he in the same place as you? No, to be honest, um, we still, like, figure it out when we get together, and and try to get it right. Um, Andrew somehow, and about everything he does is louder than everyone all the time, no matter what he's doing. But um, when it comes to that stuff, um, he, you know, like we would tour and we would have these two amps. I would always choose the crappier one. Andrew's just be ready, do, do this thing. And I'm going to, dive in a little deeper and try to make this thing work. And that's kind of my approach. Like if I have this little thing of, you know, tuner and 
and and a gate or whatever and 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 if i i can make anything oh I'm, i'll be all right with anything it doesn't matter what it is at this point like i'll be fine whatever you got i'll play through it and i felt like um it just makes me focus on playing which isn't really like strife you know it's not like the band's like let's focus on playing everything perfectly or or good <laughs> like well um but, but sometimes i really appreciate that as having that challenge and then trying to play our stuff you know, the best way I can. Did you play on Anger Means? Nope. Gotcha. Nope. Anger Means is um, totally, I guess, Andrew and Sid. Uh, I don't know if Rick wrote any of it, but... Because I remember they were supposed to be a new band called Anger Means, and then it kind of just was like, yeah. hey, we're going to be Strife, and that Pretty much. I, I played with them... Re rehearsed with them. They had one of the songs that needed an ending. I wrote an ending to one of the songs, and then I was out. Gotcha. That's all. If I contributed anything, it was the ending of one ending part to one song. That was it. But now, nothing so to do with the recording at all. You left though, but then now you're back. Yeah, the, the, I think the band did um, some touring around that in Europe. Different drummer. I think I'm not even sure who played guitar. I think I know Franklin was in there for a little bit. And I don't know if he played bass or guitar. Or, I think guitar. I don't know what happened. Really, like we. And just, that was Franklin you know, from 108. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that so um, I've seen some videos that people took on some of those European tours, and I think they just went to Europe. Maybe did something in the states, and I think that was all. I think that was all. So then nothing happened with the band for a period after that. I don't think it was I don't think it went very well. I think the record I think everyone had issues with the recording and putting it out and how it sounded and it wasn't you know we played some of the songs. We played a couple of those songs for a little while when we started to do stuff. I think that was probably around 2005, I think. And when everything got back together was that, you know, that lineup from In This Defiance. You know, or one truth plus me. You know, gotcha. Whatever. Yeah. When you so when you left the band, and we we don't have. To, I mean, I don't, I don't know too much of the specifics, but did that have anything to do with golf? <laughs> like 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 you leaving, and or was it just kind of just at a different place in your life, and you just were like, hey, I'm going to do something else. Yeah, I just wanted to do something totally different, and and I don't know if you can get more different because. Those guys don't know anything about that. And um, if they've had any exposure, it's through me, you know. And so it's just another world. Had you always so, been in the golf? Like, 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 can you talk a little bit about that? Because are you still in that? Like, like, I, here's the thing. When you and I first spoke and you were talking to me about golf, like, this was years later. I thought you were really? messing with me. I'm like, okay, he's messing with me. He's just, he just doesn't, he's just, you know... Tired of me asking him questions. So, can you... No. <laughs> Imagine having, like, a parallel universe to hardcore and, and music, right? And the scenes that you're comfortable in, right? Mm. It's, a, it's just another one. I have a whole other one. That's it. It's like, you know, the, the Evans exists over there, too. <laughs> it's the same thing. So, um... People, they're different, you know, like it's, you know, I talked earlier about having a, an idea about what Sepultura was as an example. Same thing with golf. I thought I knew who these people were. I thought I knew 
what they were about or, you know, and I didn't, you know what so I mean? So what is your relationship with golf? Like, 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 had, had, had you always been playing? Like, are, are you like, what it like? Yeah. Yeah. Break this down. Cause okay. I know, but right. I don't know. <laughs> that house that my parents lived in where I would invite everybody over mm-hmm. was up the street from a golf course. There was a kid that I went to school with 13 year old kid that I went to school with. He had stuff hit of stereo and not like grandma and grandpa bought this for you. Like he went and got equipment, you know, and, he, and it was like, you can't afford to do that. Well, it was working um, at the golf course on the drive at the driving range. And I wanted to earn money. So I would go and basically earn money. And, God, I was 13. Like, they would – the guys that ran the driving range were young guys, and they would leave me there to run it. And they could go undetected, take off for two hours and be – you know, go do – and so I would, like, run the driving range. And so my dad loved the game, and so I would take him there. All of a sudden, just overnight, it was like – yeah, let's go to the driving range. Uh, oh, really? You want to go? Okay, let's go. We would show up, and they would go, hey, Todd, to me. His name is Todd. And here, grab grab whatever you want. Go enjoy. And Dad didn't have to pay. It was like, what just happened? You know what I mean? And so I was in. You know, I was in there. And that was all. I would make a couple of bucks. They would feed me. I would hit golf balls just for fun. You know, I didn't have any rules. Golf wasn't like the game, like go play and play the game. I wasn't really playing the game. I was just trying to hit it as far as I could. And so um, I just, that's how I learned. And so that I, and then I could take my friends to do It's like one of those positive cures for boredom back then was, oh, we can do this all day if you want to do this. Really? Yeah. Like I, Andrew, I took him down there. He was like, I can't believe that was free. I can't believe we just did that for free. I mean, like, yeah, anytime you want to go, let's go. So, um, so that that was happening. So that was the relationship. That's where it started. And then, um, and then I would go on a trip every year with my dad. We would go visit, you know, his friend, and we'd end up playing golf. You know, playing the game on a golf course. And so, um, so I, you know, I, I was decent at it and could play and figured it out and, you know, wanted to beat dad when we would go. And that was really the motivation. Just, you know, so I have a different relationship with it than a lot of people do. And I, and that's how it started. 